Blog Talk Radio. Oh, 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 oh,
And here's a hand, my trusty friend, and give a hand of mine. We'll take a cup of kindness yet for all that we hear once a year just about. I can't I can't even spell all Lang Syne, but I got Jim Holder, Captain Jim Holder, uh, retired from Eastern Airlines with us. And uh, Jim, uh, could you tell us a little bit about the tradition of the song and whatever you've got for us? Yeah, Neil, sure. I'll be glad to. Uh, New Year's Eve is full of traditions that are easy to understand, like counting down the seconds until the day the calendar changes, for example. Others are a little less straightforward. Case in point, singing Old Lang Syne, or at least humming along while it plays on the TV in the background, or the folks around you singing it. Don't blame yourself if you don't know the lyrics, despite the song coming around every year. The words Old Lang Syne literally mean long, old, long since, though in practice it means old times, especially times fondly remembered as well as a, quote, old, long friendship. I hope I'm not confusing you. It's from the Scots language, and the expression was first recorded in between 1660 and 1680. But why did millions of people sing it on New Year's Eve every year? It all started with Robert Burns, the national poet of Scotland. He wrote his old Lang Vines fine version, the one that we've all come to know, at least kind of know, in 1788, and he published it uh, in 1796. Since the first known recording of the expression came about more than a century earlier, it's clear it wasn't an entirely new concept. He built on it a little bit. Now, Burns may get credit for Old Lang Syne, but no one knows who actually wrote the first poem, the poem itself. Burns himself didn't claim the ditty. Instead, 
He said he took a fragment of a folk song that he'd heard and built more lyrics around it. It's believed that the chorus and first standard come from somewhere else, while the rest, most likely, is a Burns original. The chorus and first standard, of course, are the bits that people typically know if they know any of them at all. So now, why is Old Lang Syne a New Year's Eve song? The final day of the year is an apt time for looking back at the day's past, and that makes the theme and gist of Old Lang Syne ripe for seasonal use. Still, that doesn't fully explain why a centuries-old Scottish folk song became such a New York Eve hit in America, New Year's Eve hit in America. Now, one of the reasons is that Old Lang Syne made it to the New Year's Eve floor is because of mass media, a popular New Year's Eve broadcast on radio and then television hosted by Gar Lombardo and his band, the Royal Canadians. It ran from about 1929 to 1976, long run. Lombardo came to be known as Mr. New Year's Eve because of the broadcast. Well, Mr. New Year's Eve himself, his own self, is responsible for pushing all like old Lang Syne to the masses year after year after year after year on his annual show. And if anything can make an 18th century Scottish song popular in the modern era, it's the power of television. And now you know. Thanks, Jim. And we, we've got to play our uh, song that uh, I associate with uh, the radio show and Eastern Airlines and remembering uh, the company that uh, we we worked for. I wouldn't call it work, but uh, we're with for so many years, most of us, and other folks that uh, tune in our radio show from other airlines also. Uh, it's, a, it's a song about remembering things, and it's sung by... by uh, Oh, golly, right now I can't even think it's Jerry Goldberg, Jerry Goldberg. So here it is. We'll play it now. Once there was a neighborhood street Handlebars, bicycle seats, a house full of love, a great place to grow. Once upon a long time ago, if only I could go back again to mom and dad and all of my friends. Feel safe with the people I know from once upon a long time ago. I'll never fly off to Neverland. I'll never travel in time. All I can do is the best I can. Go there in my mind So I close my eyes Imagine I'm there Hide and seek 
comfortable chair Hot summer night And the cool winter snow From once upon a long time ago I smile as I look back on roads I've crossed Traveling down memory lane But without all of those that I loved and lost Life is not the same For all the good times I can recall To all I've loved God bless you all The happiest moments that I'll ever know Were once upon a long time ago Yes, once upon a long time ago, we all remember. And to start our program, uh, I'd like to welcome all of those countries that have been listening in over the past few years and the last broadcast we had of last year, of the following countries uh, uh, listened in to our program and to all of these countries around the world. We say Happy New Year. Don't know whether you sing All Lang Syne or not, but uh, Happy New Year to everyone. To Norway, Netherlands, United Kingdom, Ireland, Germany, Latvia, Russia, Romania, Croatia, Austria, Switzerland, France, Spain, Portugal, Kenya, United Republic of Tanzania, Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Dominican Republic, Mexico, Canada, 23 nations around the world, all listening in to the EAL Radio Hour. Wow, wow, what a lineup. Thanks so much for listening in, and we hope to have you listen in all this year when the show is on the air. Now, I'd like to welcome our guests that uh, are with me today. You heard uh, Jim Holder, Captain Jim Holder, Eastern Airlines, and I've got another caller on the line from, and I think uh, that area code looks like it might be uh, Harry Lindquist. Is that you, Harry? Yes, it's me. Hello, Neil. You're sounding great. All right. Well, you are too for the new year. Yeah. All right. So we're all great. Let's start off that way and remain that way. So, uh, so much Amen. has happened, you know, this past year. Uh, 2021 and aviation, well, of course, so much has happened to affect our lives with this pandemic still around. Uh, but uh, so much has happened in aviation with many companies that now are focusing on unmanned and electric aircraft, terror in the air. New airlines have been formed and others going out of business. I guess it's like most other businesses. It's the survival of the fittest. Uh, and uh, so I, uh, I wish them all well, those that are flying the air today, but I understand, and you guys can fill me in, uh, Jim Holder and Harry, uh, break in any time, but uh, I've heard thousands of flights have been canceled over the holidays. Have you, have you guys heard that or read it? 
Yes, and it's getting worse. It's not getting better. The numbers of curse. If you watch the news, it's just that there's some people who are having a terrible time getting home from their Christmas travels. Well, what what's what has happened? What, what's caused all the cancellations? Mainly, it's it's not the weather. No, Is I it? don't think it was. It's it's just the, the fact that the people that test positive. As I understand it, and it is very confusing, and if you want to get read more confusing, just start listening to all these medical experts that are getting up and talking about it and talking about each other and not knowing what's going on. I'll tell you, it's a mess. But uh, yeah. it's the fact that you can't, you, you can't fly for a certain period of time for 10 days or something, and different airlines are taking a different approach as far as it's, it's just – I got, it's just a mess. There's no doubt about it. It's just if you test positive, you can't fly for ten days or something, and you can play football after five. I think I don't know. Well, and you uh, can't get I've it straight heard, by watching the news. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Harry, I was going to ask I, you, I how would you like to be in cruise that. scheduling right now, Harry? Oh no, no sir, no sir. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, you know, but but. I have heard, and of course you and Jim would be very aware of this, or any airline personnel, but, you know, if a crew member calls in sick or has COVID or whatever for, you know, a four-day trip, that could be, you know, 15 or 20 oh. segments. Who who knows? So yeah, yeah. it's not yeah. like you're just going to the airport to fly to Boston and back. You you may be gone for one, two, three, four days, and yeah. uh, that, that affects everything. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, my across-the-street neighbor right here in our cul-de-sac that we are in, uh, <clears throat> we usually uh, gather in the afternoons because we have nothing else to do except talk about old times and our illnesses and what have you. But uh, they went out to Colorado. They had rented a condominium out there and uh, flew into Denver via Atlanta from Jacksonville to Atlanta to Denver. And when they went out for their evening flight, afternoon flight, it was it turned out to be an after late afternoon to Atlanta. The flight had canceled. They hadn't called them or anything. The flight had canceled. And um, so they asked if there was another flight uh, in the evening that they could stay at the airport. And and the gal at the ticket agent, I won't mention the airline, but the the gal at the reservation said, no, this this was the last flight and it, it didn't make it. It canceled. So at any rate, they came home. Well, they went back out the next day for the first flight out, and uh, they said, uh, "Well, the, the guy that uh, was at the counter there said, well, why didn't you guys take the flight after the one that canceled? And they said, well, they told us that there was no other flights. But at any rate, it, it got worse as they, as they went out to Denver and things that had happened to them out there in the ski area, not the fire, they weren't anywhere close to the fires out there, but uh, and they always said that uh, on the way back they had a cancellation coming back, and it was due to a crew member. And it seems like that's happening more and more often, Harry. That you mm-hmm. were talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm sure you, know, you guys COVID heard. is ramp so rampant right now that that's not surprising. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know whether the crew members are, are, are afraid or just, uh, you know, uh, uh, not showing up and 
um, I remember my excuse was, uh, hey, uh, cruise kid, uh, you know, I just had a drink. I don't know whether I should go, go on a trip or not. <laughs> when you, uh, Neil, I believe, that was the, I believe that was the number one reason. Yeah, you probably remember me saying it. I was the number one guy that said, yeah, said it. Probably. I, I, don't rem- I don't remember you saying it, but that was usually the number one reason. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You never used well, that. Well, guys, uh, I, you know, it, it's probably changed, but what uh, what percent of reserve pilots do uh, airlines keep on hand? I know it, it has to do with weather and, and time of year and that that type of thing, but do they have a, a 5% reserve, a 10% reserve of, of crew members? I wasn't I wasn't I given any information about how many. Do you know, no. Jim? <laughs> no, I don't yeah. either because you're number one when they call you. Oh, you got to go. You got to go, you know. And they called me yeah. once. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the air before, but the most miserable Christmas I've ever had. Uh, a friend of mine... Uh, called me about five minutes after crew schedule called me on Christmas Day morning. And I answered the phone, and, and I couldn't <laughs> say I had the eggnog or nothing else, you know. And, you know, but you, you know, I'm on, you know, I'm a bit holder, but they calling me and all that kind of stuff. And it was to Houston, to Corpus Christi. And it left around 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And right after I hung up, a good friend called and said, don't answer the phone. Don't answer the phone. They're trying to draft. And I said, it's too late. <laughs> but we got to Corpus Christi, and that place was deader than a doornail. I mean, I don't even think anybody was in the hotel. And they had a vending machine. There was, nobody was, was open to restaurants or anything. It was bad. And they had a vending machine that was sold out. And there I am at Corpus Christi. I don't know where the other crew members went, but I didn't see them on Christmas Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Uh, and, uh, God, my, the movies were not running and the Mexican foods were closed. Oh, man, that's, I'll never forget yeah. that. And, and, you know, but, I, you know, they got me and I went, you know, and I'm sure somewhere they probably could put a gold star by my name. Or yeah. something, and, and I, I can tell you, I've to, probably told this story many times, uh, everybody, about when I was sitting on reserve in Atlanta as a junior captain, and uh, I won't bother y'all. You want to hear that story one more time? Yeah, because I'm going to tell another story I've told a million times on on the radio, All too, right. so go ahead one more well, time, I, Jim. This is... This is this is a story, and I love to tell this story. It's Atlanta crew schedule. We had a guy came down from Philadelphia, and he was on the ramp, I think, a ramp tower or something like that, and became a crew scheduler. And he was known to be gruff and all that kind of stuff, and I'm not sure it fitted in too well with the Southerners, but he was a nice guy. But, but I was a junior captain about number 16 to go or something like that. And but still, you're on reserve. You can't go to the movie. You can't do nothing, you know. Just sit there and wait. And at 11.55, the phone rang. And the rundown was in stone at noon. And the phone rang. And uh, I answered it. And it says, Captain Holder, answer your phone in a few minutes. And I said, and he hung up. And I recognized his voice. And I said, well, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard, you know. You know, I'm on reserve. That don't mean I got to sit here and wait for a phone call in three minutes. But I did. And he called back, and he said, Captain Holder, this is uh, Blank and crew schedule. We've got the trip for you tomorrow. Uh, you're going to uh, 
Dedick, you're going to ride first class from Atlanta to San Francisco, and the next day you're going to have a long layover, of course, and you're going to fly a 727 substitute for a 757 back to Atlanta. And I said, holy moly, this is great. Now I'm off duty until the next afternoon, and then all I do is dead go to San Francisco in first class, you know, enjoying the service, and then fly back the next day, and then I'm off for, what, 16 hours, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that's one of my very best stories. But I just often wondered if they had a few gold stars by my name or something, and they said, well, this is a nice thing. Let's give it to Jim Holder because he's come out so many times before pissing and moaning, but he came out, you know. Hey, Jim, let me ask Harry. Harry, do you that might have been you? No, it wasn't Harry. No, I think I, I think I know who he's talking about. Yeah, he was very, very had a very much a Philadelphia accent and and yeah. uh, was very loud spoken too. <laughs> yeah. Well, we I yeah, got a caller online now. here. Got a caller online here. Eric code five one nine. Who might that be? Uh, that's Renee, London, Ontario. Hey, hey Renee, how you doing? Well, I'm late getting on the call, but I'm here. Glad to be here. Good. Very good. How are things up in Canada? White? Yeah, very white. <laughs> About a, six inches of snow. Oh, my golly. Oh. I guess you guys have had a lot of cancellations, too. With the, You've been reading all these cancellations. I guess it affects Air Canada and the rest of you guys up there. Yeah, that's true. It, it's uh, the same thing up here. You know, cancellations and all that. So yeah, we're trying well, to get happy, over it. Happy New Year, Renee. And you, um, now I got to tell my story like Jim got to tell his for the fiftieth time. I'll tell mine, uh, <laughs> with, which I've told so many times. Cruise scheduling called me and wanted me for a trip, and uh, I too were, was a junior captain. And uh, and uh, I said, "Where am I going?" And he said, uh, "You're going to Bethlehem." This was Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. You're going to Bethlehem. I thought he was joking, but I actually did go to Bethlehem because they got mm-hmm. me on that trip up to uh, Bethlehem, you know, the ABE, Allentown, Bethlehem, Eastern Airport. And we laid over in Bethlehem at the uh, hotel there, beautiful hotel. And uh, the, uh, we had a few passengers, but. We, I think we were the only people in the hotel, and the next morning we came down Christmas morning to originate our trip back to uh, Atlanta via wherever else we stopped. And they had a special breakfast for us and gave us each a gift of a coffee cup with the Bethlehem uh, logo on the on the outside. I still have my coffee cup from that trip. Mm-hmm. It was a great trip. I didn't want to go, but it turned out. Like you, Jim, uh, that was a good trip for you. I, I would have volunteered for that trip any day. San Francisco, <laughs> dead head, put me in, Coach. <laughs> so. Yeah, I know it was. Yeah. <laughs> but, I got another uh, Christmas Eve story. Uh, I was going to ask Harry one question before that story. You never did show any favoritism, did you, Harry? Now, come on, tell me the truth. You, you... You you really couldn't because you know the guy that dra- was drafted. Sometimes he would come in and say, "I want to see the list, and I want to oh, see who you call before me." Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. you were taking yeah. a risk if you did. That would be people like Hal Cook and and others of his, <laughs> of his ilk. 
Uh, and that's uh, you're about right there. <laughs> one among a few, not many, but he would be the one. Man, yeah. I can still see old Hal walking around, blustering and loud talking, oh, and yeah. that was just you, old Hal Cook. You could hear and feel, almost feel him walking down the hall. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but uh, those were good times. You know, I posted on our Facebook pages uh, comments, uh, or I posted an editorial. Uh, in December about the uh, air terror that we're experiencing now and and um, uh, all the airlines that I send out an e-blast that we're doing the radio show um, and many many folks listen in from other airlines and they saw my editorial which was basically that the FAA should really tighten down what's happening in the air today to our flight crew members, especially the flight attendants. And um, mm-hmm. it wasn't a long editorial, and I just um, wanted to know what the thoughts were of other folks out there. And I got some great calls. I got a call from a gal that flew for Pan American. We must have been on the telephone. We even uh, face-talked. And uh, I saw her, and she saw me, and she was really uh, wanting to do something about it, and uh, Ann Sweeney was her last name, a flight attendant uh, that had flown for Pan American. And uh, so I just wanted to read a few of these comments from those folks that uh, had uh, sent uh, in or posted a reply to that editorial. But before I do that, I'm, uh, I'm going to ask, I got another request from a guy named Bill Warner. I don't know who Bill Warner is, or, but uh, anyhow, he writes, does anyone remember my stepfather, Frank McIntyre? Frank McIntyre. I believe he piloted for Eastern for a time among, among other airlines. He was a great man and treated my mom very, very good. So that was... Uh, a request uh, if anyone knew on Facebook um, his stepfather Frank McIntyre. I guess he lost probably where he where he is or if he's uh, still alive. So if anyone knows about that, go to the web, uh, not the web, but the Facebook page. And by the way, it's Eastern Airlines Retired Association E A R A, Eastern Airlines Retiree Association homepage and and just uh, give us a um, an answer as to whether you know where Frank is or about him. And we had other comments. First of all, I'm going to ask uh, Jim since I sent you and others hey, uh, I, uh, others uh, some of these comments that were posted. These all came from National Airlines. Uh, Jim, would you tell us the name of the person and what their comment was? Is brief or whatever they said. Uh, you said National Airlines? Yeah, National Airlines with Marilyn Rothwell, I think, was the first comment. Yeah, she says that she doesn't have her mask on. Now, the reason (laughs) she said that is because I also posted that video that has been shown on the Internet, and you guys have seen it, I guess, about that uh, passenger that got up and, and, uh, poked that old man, 80 years old, in his seat. Do you, yeah. you guys remember seeing that? Yeah, no, yeah. he did more yeah. than hold him. She beat him about the head and shoulder. 
Yeah. I mean, with a fist and slapping him. I saw it. I saw it. They, they, oh, that, that gal's in a heap of trouble. Yeah, and, and he didn't have his mask on either, as I remember seeing. Well, if he did, she knocked it off of him. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. She was a... She was a former uh, cheerleader for a major NFL team, too, you know. Oh, golly. Well, she was with National yeah. Airlines. And also, Carol mm-hmm. Cantelmo, what did Carol have to reply? You got that in front of you? The, yeah. The next one. She believes, she believes what's happening on the planes is due to the mask. You know, the, the mask. Uh, I don't know why that can blame it on that too much, but you do have a trouble but you're telling people to find themselves in a tube flying at 35,000 feet above the earth, way up there, with no chance to relax with a drink and a mask in the whole time. I mean, I believe if I had a drink and had a mask on, I'd figure out some way to drink it. But uh, <laughs> apparently that is uh, pretty difficult. I don't know. <laughs> Bring me a straw or something. <laughs> and Teresa, Teresa Bailey, also with National Airlines, what was her comment? Don't get her started, she said. Once you get me started talking, I don't, I don't come with breaks. I'm just keeping on, keeping on, <laughs> I love that on. comment. I don't come <laughs> yeah. with breaks. With <laughs> that break. is great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lordy. <laughs> and, and Tracy? Yeah, they say crazy. Yeah, she says crazy. Wendy Bush, I think it's one. Wendy Bush says collective madness is going on. And it's not collective good for planets in the center more than they know for it. One, Susan Lopez. More, she says, pray for the flight attendants. Do it. It's grateful I did it when it was enjoyable. She's talking about back in the old days. Yes, sir, Reed Bob. And, and Keith Sokolek. Sokolek. Keith Sokolek. Yeah, he's got it. He's got a comment. He says, for years, we've been told in the retired laws that prohibit anyone from being offended. Well, just think about the logic behind that. With this progressive stuff, this logic, the natural conclusion is that the individual is always right. Well, they probably think they are, and God help anyone that disappeals otherwise. But if there's no room for <laughs> turning over the other cheek, to overlook the fact you're you're offended by the action the words of others. Well, what do you do? Well, practice. Be kind. You know, be nice to each other. Treat people like you want to be treated, and understand you'll get you'll you'll be butt hurt, but. Accept it and move on. And uh, you Jim, know, you, 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 hmm? I want what? to ask right now with that comment about what the rudeness of these folks. What do you think that's attributed to, uh, Harry and and uh, uh, Renee? You got some ideas as to what what's going on today? Whereas it was it was great to go out to the airport in the old days, in the fifties, sixties, and seventies. And eighties, uh, and it was it was comfortable to get on an airplane and ride and get fed in most cases with the airlines if you were going any distance. What do you think's happening there, Renee? Uh, probably for the last couple of years, the the COVID situation with everybody locked down, uh, that people are angry and they have short tempers. They just uh, it's me and I get what I want and don't get in my way. A lot of it. That's uh, exactly. How about it, Herring? What's your thoughts? Well, I just, you know, think society in general has uh, standards have been lowered and people feel free, especially with the uh, Internet, to see, to act and say things that they normally wouldn't. And, uh, again, going back to your guys and, and 
working in the business many years, uh, I've never heard or saw of anything like, like some of this stuff going on. Now, I'm sure there was some instances 30, 40 years ago. I'm sure most of that had to do with alcohol. But yeah. I saw one this morning where the lady, she, she was just, she was crazy talking about she didn't feel safe. I mean, if you don't feel safe on an airplane, where would you feel safe? Yeah. She was yeah. talking about the other passengers around her, and she didn't feel safe, mm-hmm. that that type of thing. Uh, yeah. I I don't know, but, but as Renee said, people in general just, they feel entitled. Yeah, yeah, very true. Well, I like this last one by Dawn Anderson. Uh, Jim, would you would you read that from Dawn Anderson again from National <laughs> yeah. Airlines? I like this. One. Uh, this, 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 I hope this is a joke, but it's probably not. It was yeah. on the news. They're going to offer an easy way to travel. You just can get a microchip inserted in you. Now that that, that ain't <laughs> like getting a shot. I mean, that's a little bit more than getting a shot. Yeah. And then you can just buzz right through security, no need for passports, vaccine cards, because they will know everything it is to know about you, and you will be happy. <laughs> Bull doopy. Very good. <laughs> well, we have the Silver Liners, and they responded. Uh, Melvin Ligon responded. He's an idiot, This referring to the guy that was – that was in that uh, confrontation with the gal in the aisle. He's an idiot and hope he got some jail time. I saw one like that. My guy was yelling at the flight attendant to give him a window seat and multiple attendants gathered. Then one went to check in to find him a seat. I said, excuse me, sir, you can have my seat. It's a window seat. And when the door is shut, you have lots of leg room. He yelled, no. I want them to find me a seat. The attendant returned and said, and this is what Melvin Ligon said, the others looked at me, Melvin Ligon, and I shook my head up and down. She said, wait for me around the island. When she returned, she said, follow me, and took me to first class. Later brought me, bought me a drink. I felt great in first class. That's what the flight attendant uh, <laughs> said to this guy which was nice, so followed yeah. up by a reward. That's that's good. And then, Harry, uh, you you sent uh, on the Facebook page, uh, you, you read that comment, and, and you said earlier, I saw this earlier, surprised at the 80-year-old man's reaction. I would have, I, I would have to think booze was involved in that issue. And uh, that's, you want to add to that, Harry? I just took it off. Well, I, you know, the the young lady, I wasn't really surprised that, that somebody of that age would do that. But I was, I was surprised about the old guy. Man, he, he yeah, he just yeah. gave it right back to her. Yeah, <laughs> must have been an older version of Hal Cook. <laughs> <laughs> Never but, had uh, the pleasure of flying with him. Oh, I had the pleasure of going through school and flying the Convair with him, and and he was a hoot. He really was. Uh, he, if he if he liked you, you got along with him pretty well. But mainly, he was he was always after crew scheduling and and the chief pilot and the chief pilot's assistant, chief pilot and the secretaries and everybody that worked for the company in management position. He was the captain. But. Um, mm-hmm. Nancy Lucas in the Silver Linus says there's no excuse for bad behavior on an airplane, 
And then Jeff Martin said, is it really more prevalent these days than in the past? Or does it just seem more prevalent because everyone has a cell phone and they're able to share the videos all over the Internet? Well, a lot of truth in that. A lot of truth in that. Well, well, I, I, I got to. I, I don't disagree a little bit. The passengers back in the 50s and 60s, they didn't act like this. And, you know, no. And even, no, no. I think that this, something has happened to our citizenry and, and the, just they just think everything belongs to them and they can do anything yeah. they want to. And, and uh, no, I disagree. I think it was much better in the past. People behaved well, themselves it, it, much it, more in the past. Well, he said, uh, Jim, that uh, it has it, maybe it has something to do with everyone's got a cell phone, and when something happens it on could. the airplane, yeah. they just turn that camera on and start filming, and then it becomes an yeah. immediate uh, hit on the internet, you know, and the nightly well, news. Well, that is, that is true. Cases. I don't doubt that, but yeah. uh, they got to be a jerk to begin with. Just, yeah. You know. <laughs> or too much booze. Uh, yeah, over I, I would agree with I would agree ahead, with Harry. Jim on that. You see the you see these people involved in these road rage incidents, and I think to myself, mm-hmm. you know what? Uh, he or she is a jerk a hundred percent of the time. They just got caught this time, but that's yeah. just who they mm-hmm. are. Well, I can count on one hand one hand the number of times in my career that I had to be involved either directly or indirectly. With a with a bad passenger, and the, yeah. the one time that I did where I was really involved, cause uh, he was just just doing his wearing a coat and tie, a businessman, and he was just giving the flight attendants hell. And uh, they came up and told him, you know, that, that I'm gonna tell the captain. He, they went back and I said the captain told him, "You better behave yourself," and he didn't. So this time I went back. And he was sitting on the aisle, and I leaned over to him, and he looked at me, and he never said a word. I told him that if I heard one more word from a flight attendant out of him, that police were going to meet the airplane. It was going to Sarasota, and that was the end of it. Yeah, I was going to have the police meet them, and he was going to get explained to them how come he was acting like this, interfering with the crew member. He didn't say a word to me, and he didn't say a yeah. word to anybody else the rest of the flight. And when he got off, I was at the time they had roll-up stairs, not a jetaway, and there was two cops down at the bottom of the stairs waiting on him. And when he came out, I was standing there, and I took my finger, and I pointed like that at him, and the cops <laughs> saw exactly who it was, and he saw that. He walked down those stairs, and he didn't say He looked straight ahead. He walked over there, went into the gatehouse, and they were walking five feet right behind him. And he was probably thinking, God, I ain't ever doing this again, you know. <laughs> And it wasn't yeah. alcohol in D.C. either. He wasn't drinking. He was just a jerk. Well, you know, Thank Jim, we, the, the, nope. the, the, the captains and the uh, first officers, they can't even leave the cockpit anymore. I know it. I know it. They, so they can't it. get back there to help the flight attendants. They're, mm-hmm. they're back there without any guns. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, they have to they have to fend for themselves the best way they can. It's, it's, it's bad. Yeah. That's a two-man crew. Yeah, you know, we were a three-man crew on a 727, yeah. and every other airplane I flew yeah. with yeah. the airlines. Yeah. Well, over at United, uh, this uh, fellow named J.C. Weaver Balance, I think it is, uh, from United, he said, uh, time to make an example of these crazies on these airplanes. Major 
they should be a major fine and major jail time and publicize it. Publicize it. That's a good idea. Then John Jackus Sr. said, Entitlement and iPhones, dangerous combination. I had one of my top uh, LCAs, not sure what LCAs are, try to get involved mm-hmm. in an ambient alcohol female passenger. She thought she was the greatest, and no man could deny her assets and talents. <laughs> he got involved, and she punched him in the back of the, well, he left it at that. But uh, <laughs> uh, Chris Doc Halliday, he said, uh, this is from United, they're both wrong. They're both, a- uh, I shouldn't say a-holes. That's why I can say I use that and <laughs> drop the S here. And very happy to say that United has done a better job of making the rules clear and definite uh, before the doors close. And the rules are enforced consistently and professionally. We've had fewer incidents like this than other airlines. Very good comment. Maureen Jolly. Maureen says, and this is why I drive everywhere. The flight attendants try hard to hold her arm back. Unfortunately, the passenger sitting down called her a swear word, and she lost it. Uh, He should be charged also. He helped to escalate the problem, and when confronted with a crazy walk away, or in this case, turn away. Can't walk away. Uh, But uh, because of time, I won't read the rest of these, but there were so many of these comments about terror in the air and what people are uh, thinking about, uh, especially the flight crew members, the uh, flight attendants are mostly the ones that responded to this. Uh, so, uh, uh, interesting, very interesting. Now, you had a story there, Jim. Do you still remember what that story was, or it was one that you already told? <laughs> oh, oh, no. Well, I probably already told it, but I can't remember when or where. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I think we were talking about Christmas, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, Christmas. Yeah, New I Year's, think it was whatever. a Christmas story. That's a short yeah. one, I'll tell you. Uh, this was with American Transair. I flew for ATA after uh, Eastern Airlines. And we had something at ATA. You had captain's checks. You carried them in your flight bag, and you could write a check. Although you better watch out what you write them for, you know. It wasn't just carded blank. It was because ATA <laughs> flew around the world and did a lot of things and didn't have yeah. the support of a big United or American or something like that. So the captain had to do a lot more check writing. And uh, I'm happy to say that I only wrote one check, so I was lucky. And this was on Christmas Eve, and we were going from somewhere down south into Cleveland, I think it was, or maybe Pittsburgh, one of the two, and it was Christmas Eve. And uh, they had put a, mo- a notice out to the captains. Uh, uh, if you're laying over on Christmas Eve, the captain take the captain's check, and everybody gets a good dinner and with drinks and all that, mm-hmm. assuming that you know wherever you are, that the ATA the captain would write a captain's check for everything. And so they told me that. And uh, and so when we got ready to leave, they had a delayed because of uh, the, the weather in, I'm pretty sure it was Cleveland, uh, and it was we were coming out of Florida, and it we ended up with about a two-hour ground delay because of fog up there. Then we took off, and we flew up there, and it was right down on the 
right down, you know, the, we saw the runway about 100 feet when we were landing. It was really bad. And landed and went into the gate and everything. And, of course, all the people were being met by people that loved them and all that for the most part. It was just a happy night. Even though we were two hours late, everybody was happy. Nobody was showing their behind or anything. And, yeah. of course, we went into the hotel, and they had a nice room for us. And, and I wrote that captain's check, and it was one of the best Christmases I ever had on the airline. And, of course, well, everybody was glad. We got them there. We got them late. The weather was bad. We didn't go around. We didn't have to divert, no nothing. And we had a wonderful, the crew had a wonderful dinner and, yeah. on the ATA. Well, you remember we, uh, the captains, were – were uh, given permission, and I did it a few times when things like that went awry and or either extreme turbulence or anything like that that would happen in the air on the flight, and we were given permission to compliment, give complimentary drinks out. I think I gave yeah. out, I don't know how many of those cartons of, of, of miniatures. Uh, and uh, just, yeah. And um, but anyhow, that was that was great when you did it. And yeah, pe- people did feel better when you they got off the airplane, no matter what the situation was. But uh, mm-hmm. and that was fun to do. I really enjoyed doing that for the company. And uh, it wasn't a blank check, but you, you you know what I'm talking about, Jim. You've probably yeah. given out yeah. some of those to yourself. But uh, again, well, I, I we had comments. It just. It, it just uh, that Neil just goes to show that all of us like a little uh, courtesy, appreciation. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we like uh, we like when we think we've been wronged. I mean, you had uh, Jim could do nothing about the two-hour delay, but you know, when we think we've been wronged, we just like somebody to say, "Hey, sorry about that. Here, here, take this." And yeah. you know, okay, mm-hmm. everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Uh, I would like to talk with you. Just have a few more minutes, but I would like to find out if uh, you guys uh, have any special remembrance about 21, uh, 2021. I'm going to start. I know it's uh, uh, you got to have a quick response in your mind, but um, um, what what do you think was your greatest moment in 2021? Uh, I'm going to start off with. Renee up there in Canada. Uh, I'm thankful for last year for for a lot of things, but uh, not necessarily for the pandemic. But because I didn't get uh, so far, knock on wood, mm-hmm. I haven't had COVID. But uh, Renee, what 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 was your well? Best it's, it's been so quiet. Um, we're locked. We were locked down here in Ontario and other places too. We couldn't go. We couldn't really go to the grocery store, and we just—it was just so quiet. Nothing going on. No events. Movies were shut down. Um, we're looking forward to getting past it so we can get back to a more normal life. So uh, it was a, a year that wasn't, you might say. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. I uh, I at the very last part of the year came down with uh, bron- bronchial uh, a bronchial infection. Now, I used to think of that as uh, walking pneumonia, which I still think I had, and it lasted. It, I'm just still recovering from it, and this has been two months ago, uh, before Christmas, and um, and it, it, it really left me. Uh, I just knew I had COVID. 
and when I went to the doctor, he said, no, it's a bronchial infection, and and um, that was my sickness for the year. My wife's doing fine. She's uh, um, used as a walker, but uh, we managed to go up to North Carolina and, and back and uh, uh, two times this past year, and I'm sure hoping that this uh, coming year is going to be a, a great year for for the Holland family and for everyone else around the world. Uh, Jim, what's your thoughts for it? Well, my about the coming year. <laughs> yeah, that last oh, year boy. or the coming year. Yeah, uh, I really can't remember anything really big happening. Uh, I guess the biggest thing happening was that my son and his uh, lady were able to fly in uh, to. Atlanta, she came from England, he came from Germany. You know, I'm talking about my son, Mike. Yeah. And uh, they both arrived here within two hours of each other. And his mother, my former wife's uh, birthday was the following Monday. And she did not know they were flying all the way in from Germany and England. And, and And I met them at the airport. And we made a mad dash for home that night because they had to get up early because Linda lives about 50, 60 miles north of here, and they wanted to knock on her door at 9 o'clock before she left to go to church. And in spite of all the problems with weather and all that kind of stuff, and they had to change airplanes and, you know, this, that, they made it in. And we did that the next morning and knocked on the door has three dogs, yappies, three dogs. And we're all standing out there, and, and uh, his girlfriend has got her camera up, her cell phone recording, and all we heard was dogs barking. Dogs barking. <laughs> I said, oh, Lord, oh, don't tell me this. About that time, we heard her holler, be quiet, dogs, be quiet, dogs. And she came up and opened the door, and the screen door, and there's her son, Michael, his girlfriend, Carrie, my wife, and me standing there, and she looked at the craziest look on her face, and all of a sudden she saw recognized Michael at first. She's looking around, and, and she was. She was dressed, fixing to go to church, you know, and she screamed out, Michael, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So that was a great, that was a great Christmas present. She was uh, born the day before Pearl Harbor, December 6, 41, and that was her 80th birthday. But I thought it was so great that Michael and his girlfriend planned that, and it worked. And, you know, Terry and I had a great to do with it, too. That yeah. was a great story. That was my big story of the year. That was a good one. That was a good one. How about it, uh, uh, Harry? Well, not too much. You know, I'm just uh, looking forward to a new year, and hopefully things will get better and uh, we can get back to a, a more normal life. I think people are just tired of being pent up and and ready to get out and, and uh, go back to doing things they used to do. Yeah. Very good. Very good thoughts. And um, so far the year, three days into the year, has been kind of peaceful and quiet here at our house and probably yours too. And, golly, I just hope it remains that way for 362 more days <laughs> and counting. But, um uh, as a producer of the radio show, the EAL radio show, I've been sent uh, over the years and have read many great aviation stories that were just too good not to share with uh, listeners. 
And for that reason, I have recorded a few that I think you will want to hear. And uh, it will be presented in a special broadcast this Sunday, this coming Sunday. It's not a talk show, not a call-in. It's just stories that I've selected uh, that I think uh, are worthy to uh, to be audibleized on the radio show this January the 9th. So at 6 p.m. after dinner or during dinner or whatever, if you want to tune us in, same way of tuning us in, uh, uh, that's the uh, blog talk, uh, blogtalkradio.com, uh, and that's slash Captain Eddie. And um, we hope you'll listen in and put the time and date on your New Year's calendar, and uh, and we'll we'll share some great stories uh, with you that people have um, told uh, and uh, have sent me. And some of these are going to be in that book that I promised to show Jim Holder's uh, picture when he was a little kid. I think it's on horseback. What? Yeah, you sent me a picture. Oh, yeah. Did I send yeah, you remember that? Yeah, yeah, you did. Oh, yeah, I was you so, did. so cute. <laughs> and a story there. along with it. And yeah, about the story the snake, with it, right. The snake, <laughs> and the snake and the dog. So, uh, yep. but at any rate, I, won't, I, I ought to read that in our special presentation Sunday because it's a good one, Jim. And I got to put no that in, uh, in, in the uh, volume two of Wings of Many. So, with that and time. Uh, we're going to sign off with, uh, and thanks so much, guys, Jim, uh, Harry, and Renee. Thanks so much for being with us today. Appreciate your comments, and uh, hope to have you back as often as you come back, can come back this year. We're going to sign off again using Merle Haggard and his great song, Silver Wings. So, Happy New Year. It's New Year's, everyone. Anybody else want to say that? Saying all lang syne, but uh, yeah. uh, Merle, it's all yours. And goodbye, folks. Thanks for listening in. Bye bye. Yeah, yeah. Jim, we need to get a deer camp report next, next time. time. <laughs> next time. Bye.
they're taking you away and leaving me lonely silver wings slowly fading out of sight Taking you Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.